thing with uh, remixes by Tepper, 25 hours a day, and I can't remember who else. But anyways, this is the 25 hours a day remix of, oh yeah, I guess it's not, I don't even know if it's a remix, it's like a version, like they've redone everything, they've played a bunch of guitars and made it awesome. Uh, not that it wasn't awesome to begin with, but yeah, this is pretty cool. This is a uh, house de racket with oh yeah on Radio Zero. Yeah, that was, oh yeah, 
by House the Racket, and that was the 25 Hours a Day remix, and that is the end of the program. The end of Radio Zero for the day. My name is Tyler Fetrick. You can find us on the web at radiozero.ca and at citr.ca. Today's program will be up on citr.ca in a hopefully 10 minutes or so, however long it takes to uh, update the uh, server. But yeah, check it out, citr.ca, if you want the program from today. And I will see you guys be back next week to give away more Soul Wax tickets for, uh, from next week. And uh, we, me and Mike are starting our own party, the Radio Zero party, finally. It's going to be at Shine on Saturdays in the back room. It will be all a guest list thing. Everybody can get in for free if they want, somehow. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll see how Shine likes that. Uh, and tonight, uh, party at 340, Pub 340. The We're, we're going to have a really cool this band, these guys that... Uh, Came in second place in Shindig, I think I guess last week, which was a bummer, because I think that I thought they were really cool. All of the guys that won were pretty rad too, but uh, these like 16, 17 year old kids playing like bitching like nineteen eighty two New York style punk, like total kind of like Ramones ish, Stooges kind of maybe. But uh, yeah, they're small and they sound awesome, so we were really stoked at having them come play tonight. But uh, well, they had to go visit his dad or something. So they had to cancel, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so it's just going to be me and Jason and Tony playing uh, crappy pop songs. About 3.40 tonight. And tomorrow, I don't know what's going on anymore. I have no idea. But my name is Tyler. This is the end of Radio Zero. Stay tuned for Nardwar, the human serviette. On CITR. Shindig. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Howdy hi, shindiggers. Come on in and join the fun. Starting September 16th at the Railway Club, CITR presents Shindig. Shindig continues its tradition of offering the freshest underground music in this annual competition that spans 13 weeks and includes over 1,000 participants. 27 bands and musicians of all styles duke it out to grab one of three prize-winning top slots. With three great bands each night and free audience prizes, what more can you ask for? This week's challengers are... Ben and Gordovetsky, Boogie Monster, and The Sappers. Come on down every Tuesday at 9 o'clock to the Railway Club, 579 Dunsmuir Street, for Shindig, where... You get to see the stars of tomorrow, today. You don't have to wait an extra day.
you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardward Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Brave Belt with their song, Another Way Out. The personal pick of my guest today on the Nardward Human Serviette Radio Show, Riri from the band Head, who are playing tomorrow night at the Railway Club. Also on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with NDP leader Jack Layton, an attempt to speak to Liberal leader Stefan Dion, and there will be no interview with Stephen Harper as I could not get anywhere near him. Right now, let's hear some head and their song, Tire Shredding. <laughs>
Nico loves rock and roll. 
Lost 
do a song for one of the o canada compilations and uh and and kp suggested that uh he goes well uh yeah how about if we do the echo beach and uh, whoever put out that compilation didn't like the idea he i don't think it uh wasn't a uh, killed by death enough for him or something so so I, I think they actually didn't do a song for it, but uh, anyway, that's the story behind that. What station played the Young Canadians Hawaii? Because was swearing in that song. That's well, amazing. That made it. It, it, was, it was it was Stephen Rabo, who was a, a local. He was on KZAM, and actually, the, Hawaii was on KRAB, which was a, a public station, sort of. And uh, it was. Uh, I remember it was called Your Unpopular Hit Parade, and uh, yeah, that would have been. That probably would have been like 1983 or something when I heard that, and then it was several years until I heard that, until I heard it again. I remember hearing it and, and you know, was blown away, and it was, you know, way before the internet and, and being able to find it easily. Uh, and uh, I eventually got it on a, at a store in New York on the 12 inch, on the Hawaii 12 inch. But yeah, it was a. Uh, it definitely stuck in my mind hearing that on the radio, and it had the swearing on it. But it, it, that's right; it was on a it was on a public station or some uh, I think real low level station that uh, the the, uh, the government probably wasn't tracking as closely as a commercial station. Now, Riri from Head, what was the first punk band that you actually heard? You're from Seattle, Washington. You're coming up to Vancouver playing with your band Head tomorrow night at the Railway Club. What was the first punk band that you heard? I, I, you know, I would say actually it was probably the Ramones, and it was uh, I was at Tower Records, and uh, they were playing Road to Ruin. It was I think it was had already been out. I think I heard it in '79, but I definitely remember hearing Road to Ruin, and it was uh, uh, I wanted everything was the first song I heard, and I didn't know it was punk rock. I just I just it, uh, but that was it. But at the time I didn't know what to make of it. I and then uh, I remember thinking it was kind of stupid, and then I remember uh, going and buying it later and kind of feeling embarrassed that I was buying it. And I told other people that story, and they were like, oh, you shouldn't be embarrassed by that. I was, you know, I was all over that stuff when I first heard it. But, I, I, you know, again, I was, you know, it was like, you know, in the late 70s, I, I don't know. I, I hadn't heard anything like it, and I didn't know what to make of it. And, but it didn't take long for me to, uh, to, to get behind it, that's for sure. How about the first local punk band or Vancouver punk band that you saw? Um, well, the first, the first show I went to was Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers, and the opening band was the Untouchables, who were from... Uh, Los Angeles? The ska band? No, no, not the ska band. It was, I think they were from Portland. And also uh, Napalm Beach was on that bill. So that that was pretty early on, and uh, then I saw that that summer that was in '81. I saw the Dead Kennedys at um, the Showbox, and uh, I think the Maggot Brains were the opening act. But the first, I think maybe the first Canadian punk band I saw was uh, Insects. You remember them? I N S E X. Yes, I do. From Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. They, they opened for uh, Susie and the Banshees, and uh, I remember the singer got hit in the in the head with a bottle like someone smashed a bottle against his head or something like that and uh yeah he wasn't pleased with that it's so I, great just, actually, I just looked him up on online today i just happened to look that band up today and i guess the singer from that band uh, passed away so, what's well, so great you are able to pay homage to him and also you're able to buy a young canadians from vancouver ep in new york how much did that set you back it was that was uh it was it was like 
it was it was old stock. They had it was funny. I went and bought they they had one out in the rack and it had a rip in the cover. And then I uh, they said, oh, let's go. I'll go in the back and get another copy. And it was like five or six dollars. And and they and it was a, a new copy. And then a year later, I went back to New York and uh, they still had the other copy with the rip on the cover. And I bought that one too. A year later, you went back uh, into the same store and had the it, same record. It didn't have the. Uh, neither one of them had the single though. But is that some sort of record, like returning to a store a year later and the same okay. records are there? Well, that was back, again, it was before, you know, it was back in the old days, and I don't think in, in the late 80s, I don't think it was a, as much of a demand for it, maybe. But. And you were right yeah. from the band head playing tomorrow night, Saturday, at the Railway Club in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and your band head is going to be playing with the Manipulators, the Dead Ghosts, and the Master Apes. You've given me a whole bunch of tunes to play, Rick. So, we played Head, Girl Girl Action, Echo Beach, Martha and the Muffins, then we went into the Bums, Bum, from Victoria with Your yeah. Disciple. Yeah, yeah. Recorded with Conrad Uno in Seattle, who you've yeah. recorded quite a bit with. Yeah. Did was Kurt? Did Kurt Block produce that too, or was that just Conrad? I can't remember. Well, it was recorded in a studio, at least. Yeah. That's what I remember. Yeah. Perhaps Kurt Block was involved. Probably. And, uh, one of those guys is in Budokan now. I think. Is that you know? Does that ring a bell? Yes, Andrew, the singer. Yeah. Yeah, they were supposed to play down here, but they haven't. I don't think they've played here yet. But. And Rob is in a hardcore band called AK-47, and he also plays in a Misfits tribute band once in a while called the Astros Zombies. <laughs> and Rick, before that, you picked out the Insignificant Specs with their song So Much for Dreaming. What can you tell the people about that? Because there's some interesting background on that particular tune. It's almost like information overload. Yeah, well, uh, you know, you. I think we got that record, or I got that record from you at one of the times when the Evaporators played here. You, I was, I got a copy. The Evaporators are on that record too. What is it? Canadian Relics, I believe, is the name of that compilation. It is, and the front cover picture is a picture of Relic from the Beachcombers, who you probably are aware of by watching all the Canadian TV that you do yeah. when you're in Seattle. Right, and uh, uh, yeah, that's Ian and Sylvia song, which. Uh, they, uh, in the liner notes, I believe they said they were like the Canadian Sonny and Cher, which, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I think that's uh, fair. I don't know if they had a TV show or not, but, uh, but they were, uh, yeah, they were, it seemed like they were pretty popular, especially up in, in Canada. But the Insignificant Specs, you could tell me who, is, who, who were they. I don't, it said featuring Carl, the Significant Spec. Was he in Zampano? Was that? That's what I'm guessing. It was Carl Newman. Yeah. Zampano, yeah. New Pornographers, A.C. Newman, etc., etc., yeah. singing on that particular track. That's yeah. amazing, though, you isolated that one, because it kind of ties into what you played before that, and that was Nico Loves Rock and Roll by right. Girl Trouble. And Nico and Carl joined forces later. Yep, 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 it's all tied together. That was Nico Case and her yeah. song... Well, her actually, not her song. I think it's in honor of her for all the go-go dancing she used to do. Right, when did you right. first run into Nico Case, or when did you first see Girl Trouble? Did they have Girl Trouble go-go dancers? Uh, the first time I saw a Girl Trouble was in 1989, and actually that was the show where Nirvana opened for them at the Hub Ballroom at UW campus in Seattle. Uh but you know what? Uh, Jerome, or Giggles, who used to be in the band, he, he went to school with Nico. In, uh, he went to high school with Nico. So I think in, in like, 88 or 89, I used to uh, go down to see shows 
in Olympia and uh, with giggles and uh, he and and uh, Nico would come. So uh, yeah, she was she was I think she was living in Tacoma at the time in the late '80s, and and I'm sure that's when she hooked up with uh, Girl Trouble and yeah, she used to dance for him and stuff. But what was that Girl Trouble Nirvana show like? It was awesome. That was the first time I saw. I mean, I you know to be honest, I didn't think at the time I didn't really think Nirvana was. I liked them later, but at that point I thought they were uh, they weren't that great. But uh, I hadn't seen Girl Trouble before, but they were uh, they were amazing, you know, and they still are. But I mean, at the time it was just you know there was a lot of people there. I think the Fluid were on the bill, and uh, you know people were going crazy. I remember Mark Arm jumped off, you know, jumped did stage dive off the uh, he jumped off the stage when the, in the middle of the Girl Trouble set. So it went over quite well in the middle of that Sub Pop audience because they just recently did sort of a gig at the Sub Pop 20th anniversary, didn't right. they, Girl Trouble? Yeah, yeah, I went and saw them there too. <laughs> it's funny. It's an, yeah, they keep going, you know, and it's they're still good. They're, they're, they still got it. And when I say sort of did a gig, they weren't officially invited. They did their own gig, didn't they? Right, right, yeah. They, they uh, you know, I, they, I don't know the whole story about that, but, uh, yeah, they didn't... Uh, I know that they they you know got they got passed over or, or they didn't. Uh, I know a lot of people. I think you know probably didn't realize that they had a record on Sub Pop. You know, it was they Sub Pop slash K Records, wasn't right, it? Right, right, right. So yeah, they went out and played outside and uh, played acoustically, and uh, uh, you know there was uh, there was a decent crowd that came and watched them play. And uh, but they went over well in '89 in the ballroom. Then yeah, yeah, definitely. And before that, we played Wizard's Castle by the Leather Uppers, a band that I know you have played with and you share a record label with. Rick, and again, we're speaking here to Rick Riri from the band Head, playing tomorrow, Saturday, October 11th, at the Railway Club. Wizard's Castle, the Leather Uppers. Yep. Yep. Uh, that song has been stuck in my head for, since I heard it, I think, uh, again, with the show with the Evaporators at uh, the Comet down here in Seattle a few years ago. Before that record came out, it's it's just kind of that I don't want to hassle. Take me to the Wizard's Castle has been stuck in my head ever since. And, uh, and you share a record label with them. Yeah, Goner Records. Yeah, we both put records out on that label. So, a great label. And before that, we heard Tire Shredding by your band Head. Is that on Goner Records? Uh, no, it's not. It's on our label, Evil Clown. Was it on the compilation that was released on Goner Records? Was there a compilation of your stuff released on Goner Records? No, that that actually that, no that uh, Heil Head uh, that we put that out last year too. That's on Evil Clown Records. The only the the Goner, I should have given you that to to put on the uh, show, but it was a that was a just a single that came out last year. Uh, that's what was on Goner, and uh, it actually has uh, Kurt Block uh, playing guitar on it though from the Fastbacks. And we began the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show with Another Way Out by Brave Belt. What yeah. can you tell the people about Randy Bachlin and Chad Allen and Brave Belt? Um, yeah, Brave Belt. Uh, underrated. They're, uh, the band after the Guess Who and, and uh, before uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive. And I guess uh, Chad Allen quit the band, and uh, then uh, that led to Randy Bachman forming BTO and you know, so it seems like Chad Allen kind of got sh shut out of two uh, big bands before they made it. So. Recently, 
there was a Chad Allen CD that came out, and I interviewed him on my radio show, and actually an amazing rock and roll moment occurred, because on that same Nardwar Human Serviette radio show, I was doing an interview with Mick Jones from The Clash, and later on in the show, Chad Allen was scheduled to phone in, but he phoned in early. So I ended up having Chad Allen and Mick Jones of The Clash both on the line at the same time on the Nardwar Human Serviette radio show. <laughs> and both of them, of course, loved Johnny Kidd and the Priorates. It was yeah. just like an amazing rock and roll moment. Similar to this one here with Riri from the band Head on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. Head playing tomorrow night in Vancouver at the Railway Club. Right off the bat, though, back to the actual questions to your actual band here, Riri. You met the Who. How did you meet the Who? I met the Who. I thought you met the Who with Dave from the Fallouts. You guys went backstage, or no, Dave I mean, met I the was Who. I met that show. Dave met the Who. Okay, how did Dave from the Fallouts meet the Who? <laughs> well, let me tell you all about it. Uh, actually, I, I think the deal with that was uh, because of the wiretaps, uh, and it was something to do with Karen, who is the singer, and they had some connection with Pearl Jam, uh, like they were in, you know, friends with uh, some of the people in Pearl Jam, and they wound up getting, uh, you know, to go backstage. And I remember Dave telling me that he was, you know, like sitting, you know, five feet away from Pete Townsend, which I know to him was, you know, one of his uh, big influences. And uh, But he didn't say anything to him. He was, uh, I think he felt like uh, he didn't know what to say, and it would, it would, uh, so he's speechless, I guess. So, uh, yeah. Well, I mentioned Dave because he's your good buddy in a lot of adventures. Now, did you and Dave from the Fallouts, Rick, were you guys involved in the Susan Powter escapades? Uh, no, I, uh, no, actually, I, I, other than just uh, constantly uh, reminding him of things that were on the tape and, uh, and referencing things from his uh, tape, uh, that's the extent of it. But, uh, that, was all, that was all him and, and uh, him working at Fanagraphics and, uh, um, you know, and for people that don't know, Susan Powter was an infomercial guru. Do people still know who Susan Powter was yeah, or is? Yeah, I think so. And, she, you know, she lives in Seattle. She, she used to have those infomercials that were nationwide, but she, at some point, uh, she settled into, you know, she moved to Seattle. And uh, just recently I was at some grocery store and I saw, uh, you know, those things where it's like take one, you know, these little slips of paper you can take down. And it was for uh, Susan Powder teaching a yoga class. So uh, kind of, a, I guess, a little bit of how the mighty have fallen. And Dave, you, well, how could she fall? She yeah. was pretty low to she begin. She was soft in the insanity, though. <laughs> it was pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. And Dave used to prank call her quite a bit. Also was curious, though, about your adventures with Dave with the Fallouts. Just talking to Riri here from Head and your good buddy Dave from the Fallouts. Your adventures with the Star Trek lady. Because we're going to be playing that a bit later on. What can you tell the people about the Star Trek lady and the track we're going to play at the end of this interview? Well, uh, when, uh, I guess, what was it, 2004, Girl Trouble had their 20th anniversary show down here, and uh, they asked uh, the Fallouts and Head to be the opening band. Unfortunately, we had another show, and uh, it was like, you know, within a couple of weeks. Usually it didn't seem like a big deal, but we asked the promoter or the person booking the club, hey, do you mind if we're playing this other show? And they seemed to be really bothered by us doing it, so we were like, uh, I guess we can't do it. And, uh, well, we decided instead what we'd do is we'd play as the Razzle Dazzle Gang, which was uh, basically Head along with uh, Dave from the Fallouts. 
on uh, on guitar as well. And uh, and then we did um, you know a couple of uh, you know, it was mostly covers. And anyway, one of the songs we did was uh, the song from Star Trek from uh, the episode The Way to Eden, which is I think more commonly known as the Space Hippie episode. And uh, we just did a song from that, and uh, it sounded like a song that I was a little surprised. Maybe somebody else has covered it, but it seemed kind of like a song that should have been covered by uh, kind of a garage band or something. And uh, anyway, so we do it, and uh, that's kind of like the end of it. Don't think any more about it. Well, then, I don't know, probably six months later, Dave gets a call at his house, and uh, someone asking, uh, is this... uh, Dave from the fallouts, and and uh, he goes, yeah, who is this? And anyway, he was a little, you know, a little uh, like wondering who's this person calling me? Why are they asking me these questions? It, it turns out that uh, the lady that was in the space hippie episode, who sang part of that song, uh, had read about it on Girl Trouble's blog somehow, like searched for it or searched for space hippie on Google, and uh, found uh, that you know they said, yeah, this band Razzle Dazzle Gang featuring Dave from the fallouts uh, covered. Uh, a song from the Space Hippie episode of Star Trek. And so she called him out of the blue and, uh, and uh, you know, said, oh, I'd love to hear it. And, uh, and uh, we still haven't really recorded a, a good version of it. We've recorded it once, but uh, we still need to work on it. But anyway, it was just, uh, you know, completely out of the blue. And, uh, apparently she uh, paints, uh, paints portraits of, of uh, astronauts, like NASA astronauts for a living. And I can't remember her name, but... Uh, yeah, that's the story behind that. So was she in the actual Star Trek episode? Because the song you sent me that we're going to hear is called I'm Talking About You by Charles Napier. How does she fit into that? Well, Charles Napier, if you know who he he's the guy with, the, he's got a, huge, a really big jaw. He was in Rambo. He was in the Blues Brothers. Uh, if you look him up on, like, Internet Movie Database, you, you'll find him. And uh, he's just the veteran character actor. Apparently he wrote that song, uh, uh, although he doesn't get credit for it, which isn't surprising, I think uh, you know probably the Gene Roddenberry or someone else is getting the credit when that when that song gets played. But uh, he wrote the song, and 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 she's halfway through the song when it slows down. She's the one that's singing. She's uh, on the show. She's uh, she's like right next to him when he's singing it, and uh, she's uh, got blonde hair and just looks like a typical kind of a groovy '60s chick. An amazing moment. Yeah. All caused because some club didn't want to book you guys, right? Uh, uh, they didn't want us playing that show, yeah. And you are Rick from the band Head, playing tomorrow night at the Railway Club in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And also on the bill are the Master Apes, the Dead Ghosts, and the Manipulators. I first saw your band, I think, Rick, at the Weathered Wall in Seattle, Washington. Right, right. Whatever happened to that club, and what is the club scene like in Seattle, Washington now? What happened to the weathered wall? I don't know. I think it's, it, if it last, it was a comedy club, and I'm not sure, it may not, it may not be, uh, it might not be doing anything right now. I think it might be empty. In uh, the, I don't know, the club scene is, it's hard for me to say from my perspective, because, uh, I mean, we have a place we can play, the Fun House, where I, the, your, your band, the Evaporators, are playing next month with Girl Trouble, I, I see. Um, that, that's a constant, you know, like a place for bands that like Head or, you know, the Evaporators or the Fallouts or whoever can play. So, you know, there's always a place to play. But I don't think, like in the early 90s when there was, uh, there seemed to be more clubs that were like that. So, I, you know, 
there's a lot of clubs still, but a lot of them that I never bother to go to because it's just not playing the kind of music I'm interested in. How about the legendary Crocodile? That's reopening? Yeah, it is reopening. I, uh, I just looked, uh, it's funny, I just looked at their website yesterday and it says it's under construction, but uh, yeah, they're, they're reopening and it's the, some of the people I, I hear are the same people from before, like the sound man, who, that's a good thing because he was a great sound man. And I like that place, so I, I hope it works out. So Heather coming up to Vancouver to play a gig, was the last time you played in Vancouver over 10 years ago? Uh, whenever that, yeah, the I Got a Rash show. With the Murder City Devils. Right, right. Did you ever play with any of them in the years following, or have you ever run into any of those guys? No, we played, we actually we played with them before that show. Uh, yeah, we played with them once in Seattle uh, pretty early on when they were, uh, when they just started. And even then, they were pretty popular, though. But uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen those guys. I don't, I, I haven't followed their thing. I don't, I, I guess they played a reunion show last year, but uh, I don't know if they, what they're doing now. You often come to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada for the record swap meet. Really, right. what sort of recent purchases have you made? What have you scored in Vancouver? How do the record swap meets differ from the Seattle ones? Uh, they used to be more different. I think more, more and more, uh, probably because of eBay. It's not, it's not as, uh, it's not as good as it used to be. Uh, you maybe, maybe you've seen the same thing. I remember you got that, uh, that Modernettes record at the one I was at, uh, that really rare one. I can't remember the name of it. Gone but not forgiven. I think. Indeed, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and I haven't been able to come up for uh, a couple years, but I, I was thinking about that also. I think like, uh, maybe there was just one like, like last month. I think I missed, but. Maybe next spring I'll go to that. What have you scored at Vancouver Record Swap Meets? Uh, God, I can't I can't think of anything offhand. Uh, you know, I, I usually it's not usually punk stuff. It's it's other stuff like weird soundtracks or other things like that. I remember. Uh, uh, and, and sometimes it seems like I remember the stuff that other people got, like uh, you know, like Dave got stuff. A lot of times you find uh, seems like stuff gets imported from uh, to Canada. There's 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 uh, maybe more imports than uh, than uh, in the U.S. There's like different stuff that you can find in Canada, but uh, yeah, nothing nothing else off the top of my head I can think of. Rick, how about food in Seattle? Gorditos. What do you think of gorditos in Seattle? <laughs> uh, well, I was just there tonight with uh, Dave Holmes from the Fallout, actually. Yeah. Did you have yeah, a wet or dry burrito? Because they're famous for the gor the gordito. I had a wet burrito. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Have you been there? Yes, I've been there several times. I guess I was just thinking that's one of my favorite places in Seattle, Gorditos, for the burritos, etc. And for the hamburgers, it's Dick's, of course, Dick's Drive-In. Do you have any Dick's trivia at all? Dick's, the best hamburger joint. It's so good. Tell me about Dick's. Uh, I've got no, no no stories on Dick's that I can think of. That's it's uh, actually that's not true. I saw them got I saw the uh, Dick's get robbed once. That was exciting. The what guy came happened? Up to the register and uh, he pulled the money out of the register and he started to run out the door and the because uh, this is on Queen Anne. This is the the all of them are drive-ins except for the Queen Anne one where it's a it's a sit-down one. You can go inside. So the guy grabs the money out of the register and starts to walk out. I guess it wasn't robbed. It was more like he grabbed cash out of the register and. Uh, the guy at the register said, "Stop, thief!" And the guy, uh, the guy that was running out with the money, just told him to shut up and kept going. <laughs> and that was the end of that. Rick of Head coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, tomorrow night to 
Florida Railway Club with the manipulators, the dead ghosts, and the master apes. You're from Seattle, Washington. You've lived in Seattle, Washington for the longest time. What Seattle TV stars have you met or do you know about? These are people that I've watched year after year. For instance, Steve Rabel and Gene Einerson. What do you know about them? <laughs> uh, uh, I haven't met either one of those people. But, uh, they are classic Seattle TV personalities, aren't they? Yeah, Jean Anderson. Yeah, she's been on on KING for God knows, I don't know, since 1970 or something. Uh, Steve Rabel, uh, I think, ever since he quit the Seahawks or retired or whatever, he's been on on TV. So you see them up in, in Canada? Yes, we've been seeing them up in Canada for years, just as you've been seeing Canadian TV for years. Or have you been seeing Canadian TV? What Canadian TV did you see, and what Canadian TV don't you see anymore? Uh, all we get is uh, CBUT, I think, uh, the, CB, the CBC station. Uh, there used to be three of them, I think, but that was a long time ago. We used to get, I, I just remember them from the channel, there was Channel 2 and Channel 6. And I think there's a Channel 8. And then there used to be KVOS, which kind of seemed like Canadian TV to me, in Bellingham. KVOS TV, Channel 12, but go for it. It's, it's, uh, I, I heard that that's switching to be uh, Spanish or something like that. You can actually still see the transmitter when you drive through Bellingham. You oh, can right. see, like, the giant antenna for KVOS Channel 12. It's pretty amazing. You rave, Rick, about Channel 117 on your MySpace blog. Oh, my God, yeah, RTN. <laughs> The Retro Television Network. Is that all over the states, or is that just out of Seattle? Uh, I guess it's a syndicated thing, yeah. I think you can get it in other parts of the states. But, yeah, they're showing, uh, you know, old TV shows, which is uh, uh, anything other than uh, infomercials or Roseanne is a, is a step in the right direction. For Canadian TV shows, Rick, of Head playing the Railway Club tomorrow night, you've been obsessed by that show 15, haven't you? What was the show 15? I'm saying what was because maybe people don't remember the show 15. It was a Nickelodeon teen drama soap opera. Uh, it took place at, uh, what, Hilldale High, I think was the name of it? Hillside. Well, Hillside, right, right. And uh, it's, I mean, I think it's, if, if it's remembered for anything, other than, uh, you said that they, I think at one point that you heard that the rumor was that it was all ad-libbed, that there was no scripts. Uh, but I, I don't know if that was ever confirmed. But I think it's mainly remembered, uh, other than uh, just being unbelievably bad, uh, so bad it's good, is uh, that uh, Ryan Reynolds was on the show. He played uh, Billy. <laughs> and uh, now he apparently just married Scarlett Johansson. In he Canada. Married, he yeah, married her in Canada, Canada, too. Wow. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, little Billy's all grown up. The show 15 you love from Canada, you're yeah. waiting for that to go on DVD. Yeah. Were there any other ones that you just obsessed over, or was that oh, the main one? Oh, well, I like 15, and, uh, you know, Degrassi Junior High, of course, that's, and, and Degrassi High. I don't watch the new one, though. Is that one still considered, I mean, is that still considered, uh, that's a Canadian show, or? I guess so, they still shoot it in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, well, and, I, and, and Davis told me tonight that you interviewed, uh, or you got uh, you, you got 
Joey misunderstood what you were talking about when you interviewed him or something? You said something about him being a midget or it'd be like he was delivering pizzas? And I was trying to give an analogy and it kind of went the wrong way when I talked to him years ago on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show. Yeah. Just as I'm speaking here to you, Rick, on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show. Rick Riri from the band Head from Seattle, Washington. You've been watching Canada for a long time and now you're returning. You're returning. Head are returning to Canada to do a gig tomorrow night at the Railway Club. The fallouts will not be in tow with you. However, I have seen the fallouts name, your good buddy Dave from the band The Fallouts, mentioned in connection with the band The Duchess and the Duke, who seem to be an up-and-coming Seattle band, kind of a hipster band. What can you tell the people about The Duchess and the Duke and The Fallouts? Well, Kimberly, in, who's The Duchess, she's, uh, she plays bass in The Fallouts. And uh, so that's the uh, connection. As well as just being, uh, you know, she's a great, great friend of, uh, you know, friend of Dave's and uh, and uh, great person. And uh, she's been in other bands, but that's, yeah, her big thing right now, I think, is definitely is the Duchess and the Duke. And Jesse in that band uh, is he was in the Fee Fi Fo Fums, and uh, and they were both in the Flying Dutchman together. I don't know if you remember them or not. I remember the name. It's just great that they're really taking off, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Camp Campfire Punk. That's the tag for it? That's what I think I just saw on, their, on the Matrix on one of their singles that said Campfire Punk. That's, I guess, an appropriate uh, title for what they're doing. Now, are you playing a gig coming up with Kim from the band The Fastbacks, and how is she doing? Uh, I just saw her, yeah, she was out, she was out at a show, uh, Kurt Block's new, you know, his most recent band, his current band is The Sergeant Major 3, and we just played with them uh, a few months ago, and Kim was there, and... Uh, yeah, I heard she, I, I think she ha had some kind of a, a stint in the hospital for something, I, I heard, uh, but that was, I'm not sure exactly what for, and that was like a year ago, but yeah, she looked totally fine, and she was, it was funny actually, because they were doing songs that I think were probably at the end of the Fastbacks run that didn't get recorded, and, uh, but she seemed to know them, and she was singing along with them on the side of the stage, sort of, <laughs> kind of funny, so uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what the deal is with the show we're playing. Except that I know that she's in, she's playing with the band, so uh, it's it's members of Sergeant Major Three with Kim Warnick singing. So Riri, I'm uh, speaking to you. You're in the band Head. What other heads are there out there? Because speaking of the Fastbacks, Duff from Guns N' Roses Fastbacks fame has a song called Seattle Head. What other heads are there out there? Of course, it was a Canadian band, H Head, that won hundred thousand dollars. That later surfaced in the band Broken Social Scene. That is on the Lollapalooza circuit. What other heads are there out there? There's a there's a head that was on Bomp a few years ago. It seemed like they were psychedelic or trying to be psychedelic or something. And then there was a band from the '60s. I remember, uh, uh, I think Michael Goodall, who did Rico Select at some record show. He was trying to give me a, a record by that band, but I, I I don't know what happened with that. But anyway, those are the other two I know of. But there's got to be Jesus. There's got to be you know, who knows how many heads there are. But yeah, I remember the H head. Uh, we were at uh, Egg once recording and and. Uh, Grant from the Smugglers was there, I think. Right. And uh, he mentioned that uh, he had talked to those guys or something, and and he said that they were they were afraid, they, like they saw our picture and thought we were gonna like find out about them and, and uh, like hurt them or something. Which you know, I, I find that hard to believe. But uh, yeah, I say uh, the more the merrier. Who is your official photographer? Uh, Kenny the gardener. He's been working at it a long time. <laughs> yeah. 
He's the official photographer, and, and he's hardly taken any of the photos. <laughs> Rick from Ed, what can you say about playing Girl Trouble's 20th anniversary? I saw some photos from that, and they had the entire audience all decked out in Archie McPhee beehives. Yeah. What is an Archie McPhee beehive for people that don't know? I, well, that was, yeah, I don't know. That's like some gigantic, it looked like something the B-52s would wear. Uh, just, yeah, gigantic pink and green wigs that they got everybody in the audience to wear. And, that, yeah, it was an amazing photo. <laughs> uh, I, what is that? That's probably on their on uh, their website, I believe, wigout.com. Yes, I saw that. That was for Girl Trouble's 20th anniversary. I mentioned that they did play the Sub Pop 20th anniversary. And seeing all the stuff surrounding the Sub Pop 20th anniversary, did you go to the shows? Did you see the Sub Pop 45 on top of the Space Needle? That was incredible. Yeah, yeah. What yeah, can you tell yeah. the people about that? Can you describe what that was all about? Sub Pop were able to buy space on top of the Space Needle? Yeah, I guess so. I don't. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, well, you couldn't see. I saw pictures of it, but you know, from the ground, of course, you couldn't see it. But yeah, it looks like just looks like the Sub Pop 45 label. And you could see it basically from space. Yeah. They were able to take over the Space Needle. You Has it gone that mainstream? They're able to take over the Space Needle. You could see it when you're flying over in John Thoneman's helicopter, I guess. You know, the president, of, owner of Sub Pop Records. And how was that gig? Uh, I, other than the girl trouble thing outside, I didn't actually go to the, either one of the, there was two, two days, and it was at an outdoor thing in the suburbs, sort of, of Seattle, about, I'd say, 20 miles outside of Seattle, uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I didn't go to either one of them, I went to the comedy thing, though, which was on, uh, the first night, the Friday night. Who was uh, featured there? Uh, uh, Patton Oswalt, David Cross. You've interviewed David Cross, right? Yes, I have. Yeah, and uh, he was pretty good. Although there was a baby in the audience, uh, and it was like six months old, and started crying. And it was kind of weird because he, it, it really screwed him up, you know, like threw off his rhythm and his concentration. And he couldn't do anything about it. It was, you know, it was like different than a heckler. <laughs> he was kind of stuck. Was, he couldn't tell him to shut up and get the hell out of there. Uh, you know, it was really weird. It was, uh, I. <laughs> I, I, uh, I've never seen anything like that before. Amazing! Yeah, getting kind of heckled by a baby, sort of. What uh, about Seattle comedians? Are there any Seattle comedians on Sub Pop? No. Or any Seattle comedians? <laughs> the, only, the closest you could come to that would be that Jesse Bernstein, Stephen Jesse Bernstein, but he wasn't a comedian. He was kind of funny, though. Uh, the, yeah, there's there's been a lot of Seattle comedians. I don't know of any uh, currently that I that I really uh, that I've uh, been paying attention to, but uh, there was a guy uh, who actually killed himself a few years ago, Nick Drake Sather, who used to write for the Larry Sanders show and, and uh, for other shows, and he was pretty funny. I used to see him on uh, Letterman a long time ago, but he was from here, and uh, another guy that used to be on Letterman, uh, George Miller, was, uh, he is from Seattle. He was pretty funny, and he uh, unfortunately has passed away, too. Winding up here, Riri from the Ben Head, playing tomorrow night at the Railway Club in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. What sort of fests are you guys playing coming up? You got the Budget Rock Fest. Yeah, that's uh, that's the uh, we don't uh, after that we don't really have anything lined up, but uh, you know who knows? We, we we've been offered in the last couple of years. It really seems like uh, we've gotten more. I think it's because well, it's because of MySpace and email. <laughs> Before that, I mean, we've been going the whole time, and... Uh, We've been going since 1990. Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, there's a long time where we were getting, you know, kind of just playing in Seattle and not doing much else, and uh, 
And uh, then we, we just assumed nobody cared or whatever, and then it seemed like when uh, we got the MySpace page and also the email kind of thing going, <laughs> we realized that people just thought we had broken up years ago. <laughs> So, it seems like you're playing quite a few fests. Budget Rock Fest, you played South by Southwest Fest, you played the Insubordination Fest, yeah. the Goner Fest. How were all those? Uh, they were all, uh, you know, the best one was South by Southwest. That was, uh, like I said before to people, it was like a Beatlemania, except if it was, uh, instead of millions of teenage girls, it was 75 middle-aged men. They were waiting like 10 years to see you, 15 years to yeah. see you? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the other ones were... Uh, they were good and uh, uh, as well, but they're definitely the, the, the. I think the best show we've ever had is def was that South by Southwest show. That was that was amazing. What sort of covers are you doing, Riri from Head? You're doing some Coxbar. What sort of covers are you doing? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Coxbar. Watch your back. We just uh, we just did that one with. Actually, we just played in Reno. Speaking of fests, I guess we played the Debaucherino and Kurt Kurt Block was was there unrelated sort of he was there on vacation sort of kind of a pseudo vacation and he came to the show and uh we uh we he came up at the end of the show and he played the guitar on the song that we uh, had on goner that he played on uh, spend the night alone which is uh that's a cover of a band from england called the fatal charm and then he also played on minnesota strip the dictator song and uh and then the last song he played on was watch your back which was a uh, cox bar have you seen Coxbar live at all? No. No, they never played Seattle, I don't think. I'm pretty sure they haven't. How about the Ramones? How many times did you see them? Um, uh, I, I guess four times. I, I saw them when Dee Dee was in the band, and after he left, they played here several times, and I, I kind of just... I wished them nothing but the best, but at the point when Dee Dee quit, I, I kind of uh, decided that was it for me. But uh, So I saw them in 83 and 84, and uh, the last time I saw them was in 89. Well, thanks so much for phoning in to the Nardwater Human Survey Radio Show, Riri from the band Head, playing tomorrow night, Saturday, at the Railway Club in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. That's Head, The Manipulators, The Dead Ghosts, and The Master Apes. And we're going to end with a couple songs here that you selected. The first one being, I Made My Peace with the Hippies by... Uh, Head? By Head. What can you tell the people about I Made My Peace with the Hippies by Head? And we're also going to hear No Hugging, No Learning by Head. Uh, I Made My Peace with the Hippies was uh, inspired, I hate to say it sort of, but it was inspired by uh, Jerry Garcia dying. Because <laughs> uh, I, I didn't like him. <laughs> Although now I kind of feel like I, it's, I realize that it's more like I didn't like the Deadheads more than the Grateful Dead themselves. But uh, that's what... Uh, uh, you know, they said what a long, strange trip it's been was one of their was one of their uh, sayings of the Grateful Dead. And uh, after he died, I I was thinking I, I don't care what kind of trip it's been. And uh, you know, it just I kind of had that song kicking around, and it it just kind of solidified after uh, after Captain Trips passed away. And uh, no hugging, no learning was uh, uh, Seinfeld, the show Seinfeld. That was the writers' kind of uh, uh, thing that they their their. Uh, uh, slogan or whatever the thing that they uh tried to remember when they were writing the show was uh you know they always thought uh, no hugging no learning uh, they didn't want any special episodes and that that also kind of stuck in my head and uh, when i had a chance to use it i it just uh, worked out so and then we're going to hear i'm talking about you by charles napier from star trek yeah 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 charles napier he's a, he uh that guy deserves more uh, more credit <laughs> he's a uh, 
I wonder if he has other stuff, uh, yeah, because that's, that's quite a song. It's a, it's a real mind-blower. <laughs> and then electrocute your cock yeah. live in Vancouver by the Angry yeah. Samoans yeah. from July 31st, 1988. You were up here listening to Angry Samoans in 1988. Yeah, yep. I saw the Angry Samoans in uh, Club Soda. Is that still there? No. Yeah, on Homer Street. Uh, but, yeah, they, they played there with uh, Curious George Open. Uh, another uh, Vancouver punk band, I believe. Yes, signed to Nemesis Records, home of yeah. the offspring. Got to right. keep them separated. Yeah, yeah. And we also have in there as well, Oi Canada, by the fallouts, recorded at the Parkside yeah. in San Francisco, California. Oi Canada. Yep, yep. I, uh, I told Dave that I was going to have that on there. And, <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah, I don't know if Nardwar has a copy of this. He should. Uh, he put it out. Well, this is a live version of the yeah, song. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I told him. I go, well, this is even more special because it's, it's unreleased. And also it segues perfectly into the next little segment on Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show, my interviews with some of the politicians that are running in the upcoming Canadian election. I don't know if you know, but we have an election going on too. So people will hear after the follows my attempt to talk to Canadian Liberal Party leader Stefan Dion and in my interview with Canadian New Democratic Party leader Jack Layton as well. That's who's on a Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show today. Liberal leader, Stefan Dion, Jack Layton from the NDP, the conservative leader, unfortunately declined and would not make an appearance. But thankfully, Riri from Head stepped in to fill the void. I really appreciate that. Yeah, vote for me. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Riri. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Yeah, uh, Canada's the best. All right. Well, thanks so much. Keep on rocking in the free world and doot doot loot do. Uh, doot doot.
I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me. Long time back when the galaxy was new, man found out what he had to do. to drink and a long time later he found he had to think oh, yes think I'm standing here wondering what if a man tells another man out of my way he piles up trouble for himself all day But all kinds of trouble come to an end When a man tells another man be my friend uh -huh. My friend Well, what's it going to be? Across it, hardly even see. Someone ought to take a step one way or other. Let's say goodbye, or let's say brother. I don't know how to do it, but it's got to be done. Please send me a call. Electrocute your... Is anybody here Pogo? Yeah, fuck the pitless Pogo. I want to get you caught. This one's for the subhumans. You remember that one?
are still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard there... Oi Canada, by the fallouts from Seattle, Washington, live at the Parkside Club in San Francisco. Before that, you were heard early one morning, a.k.a. the Friendly Giant theme by Shadowy Men on a Shadowy Planet. And before that, the Angry Samoans, live in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, on July 31st, 1988, with Electrocute Your Cock. And before that, I'm talking about you by Charles Napier from an episode of Star Trek. And before that, No Hugging, No Learning by Head from Seattle. And before that, I've Made Peace with the Hippies by Head from Seattle, Washington. And all the songs you just heard right there were personal favorites chosen by Riri from the band Head. And before Girl Girl Action by Head, you heard an interview by and with by me, Nardwar, the human serviette, and with Riri of Head. And Head are playing tomorrow night, that's Saturday, October 11th, at the Railway Club with The Manipulators, The Dead Ghosts, and The Master Apes. Coming up right now, to end the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show, some encounters with Liberal leader Stefan Dion and NDP leader Jack Layton. I tried to get something with Stephen Harper, but as in other years, I've had a problem getting a hold of him. Why did I want to get a hold of him? Well, I wanted to see if Stephen Harper would do the hip flip and also ask him some questions. The hip flip is like a dumb 1960s twister-like game. And every time there's an election, I haul it out and see if the politicians will do the hip flip. So coming up right now is my encounter with Stefan Dion when he came to UBC a few weeks back and then an interview with Jack Layton from the NDP. You'll hear at the beginning of this Stefan Dion thing, me negotiating with the security team about what I want to do. I'm trying to say, hey, I'm trying to ask if Stefan Dion will do the hip flip. I don't think the security team quite understood what I was talking about. Thankfully, I was a giant hall, town hall meeting I was at, and I was able to ask a question. If it was anywhere else, it wouldn't have happened. So, to end an Ardwarty Human Serviette radio show, an encounter with Stefan Dion. Again, remember, you're going to hear for the first little bit me negotiating with security people, and then Jack Layton. And to end Nardwar Human Serviette, after the Jack Layton interview, we're going to have something from Jack Layton's favorite 1960s band from Montreal, The Rabble, and their song Black Potato. It's, this, it's the hip flip game. It's my hip flip game. I'm asking if you can do the hip flip. No. I'm going to take that. Can I, you hold it down in the front so if I need to use it? Because I want to ask him. Yeah, if you, like, you want to hold it down front, that's cool. Because I want to ask him if he can do the hip flip. No, so. it's not going to do it. No, okay, okay. it's not going to touch anything. Okay, so okay well, can you, will you return it to me? Will you keep it at the front? Okay, hold on to it. Okay, here. Thank you. I was wondering, if the Liberal Party comes to power, what can you do I'm going to put it up here in the back, and you can get it at the end of the day, okay? Okay. Can you just keep it on you so I can find you? It'll be up here at the back. 
Let me get by you. Let me get by you. Okay, yeah. You can get it at the end. I was wondering if possible. Can you, can I ask if he agrees to do it? Can I get it from you? What do you We We've all, Prime Minister Kretchen has done the hip flip. And, and, uh, um, also, um, Prime Minister Martin's in the flip, Jack Layton's in the flip, so I'm just curious, you can keep it. Is this a silly game? He's done it before with Gretchen, he's done it before with Paul Martin, he's done it before with Jack Layton. I can get you evidence if you like. He wants him to do this game. Which is done with Paul Martin. So the yeah, do you have to? I've done it with quite a few leaders before. Like I've done it with Paul Martin. Okay, but in order to succeed, we need all the and skills but, of all but, but can I, can I yeah. show you? So can do you have anything? We are only 32 million people. And we are facing but giants. I, I, I have some questions with that. I have to ask with that. And that's the last thing to ask him. I can show you me doing it with Prime Minister. Would you like me to show you the picture of him with Prime Minister Martin? I'm a teacher myself. I, I, can I show you the photo? Nothing was more important for okay. us than to have a get this back later. to help. I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose it. Where can I get it from you? Okay. Mr. Dion, welcome to the University of British Columbia. UBC is an interesting place for prime ministers. John Turner has been in the halls of the United States of British Columbia, UBC. We've also had in UBC passing through Kim Campbell. Kim Campbell was a graduate of UBC and Kim Campbell, Mr. Dion, was also on the game show Reach for the... Reach for the Top. So the question arises, Mr. Dion, what game shows have you been on? It's the most indiscreet fashion of the day. I'm not um, a graduate of UBC, but I don't do it for a game show or not, but I wrote a book with a professor of UBC, Professor Don Blake, about the way that bureaucracies work. It's a very interesting book, buy it. Okay. Uh, that was what I was wondering was, would you do I'm the- I'm proud of that, I wrote the book. <laughs> would you do, Mr. Dion, the hip flip game with me? There's this game that I've been doing with the prime minister over the years. Would you be interested in doing the hip flip game? Just wondering, can you answer? It's a, I, correction. One moment just to explain. Chan did the hip flip. Paul Martin did the hip flip. Stephen Harper didn't do the Is this the part where Is that cheer? show you what it is? Can we at least, they took it away. Please, please. Afterwards, so can we talk? Who are you? 
Uh, well, my name is Jack Layton. I'm leader of the New Democratic Party, and I'm a member of Parliament for Toronto Danforth. Is that what you mean? And running for Prime Minister. Indeed. Jack Layton, politics is hard, but so is teaching school. You were a school teacher, weren't you? What sort of insults did the kids throw at you? Because every teacher gets teased. <laughs> they must have done it behind my back. And uh, this was at uh, in the university and college system. So, uh, no, they were pretty kind to me, I have to say. There weren't any about your hair? Come on, kids are pretty ruthless. There must have been something. <laughs> yeah, and of what course... was one that really got to you? Well, I had hair back then. Baboom! <laughs> so they couldn't tease you about that. Was there anything else, Mr. Layton? I can't really recall anything. No, I had a pretty good relationship with the students. Like I say, uh, they might have, they might have uh, had things to say behind my back, but they were always very gentle. Students are quite cruel, but the same thing with the public. And people always notice things. You know, like in rock and roll, there's like this, you know, the Satan rock and roll sort of sign? Yeah. People have noticed that you have been doing this, Jack Layton, the pyramid. What is the pyramid? Is there a message behind that? I, I guess that's interesting, eh? Because we have these sort of involuntary movements, bringing people together, maybe? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I was just wondering if you might want to patent it. You know, apparently Gene Simmons of Kiss invented this. Did Jack Layton invent the pyramid? <laughs> I don't know. I just want everybody to uh, come into our party. Uh, it's an open door. Jack Layton, in the 1950s and 60s, you grew up near Montreal. Yes. Did you experience any rock and roll, say, with any of the French Quebecois groups that I love? If you could just hold us for a second. These are some of my favorite groups. Do you remember any of these, like Les Classels or Les Excentriques or... Lay sinners in their song "Go Go Trudeau." Go, 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 Trudeau, yeah, this one, uh, this one uh, has a vague recollection. I don't think that we, I could probably not hum that one for you. I was, uh, you know, more of a, a lighthouse and uh, crowbar and the rabble. The Rabble. The Rabble, that's a garage punk band. It was a, well, it was a fabulous band of classical musicians who played mean rock and roll back in uh, about 1965, 66. And MG and the MG Escorts. MG and the Escorts. And JB and the Playboys. Well, MG and the Escorts, of course, Billy Bryans went on to become the drummer for the Parachute Club in Toronto. He was their lead guy. This is incredible, Jacqueline. All this garage '60s punk knowledge—I never <laughs> knew you had that in you. Yeah, well, yeah, we all have our little uh, our little backgrounds. Now, Jack Layton, you mentioned the band Crowbar, the Canadian classic band Crowbar, famous for the song "Oh What a Feeling." Oh, what a hang on, hang on, hang on. You mean this oh. one here? Oh, what a feeling. Join me on this. There's, what a, long, a, there's a long pause, and then it's what, what a, a rush. rush. <laughs> yes, Jack Clayton. Now, what I was wondering, according to this book right here, if you could open to page uh, 234, it's called Before the Gold Rush by Nicholas Jennings. There's an interesting story in here, and it says, Crowbar gave Prime Minister Trudeau an envelope with five primo joints of homegrown. Telling him, here's a little Canadian treat for you and Marg to enjoy. Is that a fact? You know, and I, I don't have this book in my collection, and I didn't know that factoid. So what would happen if Crowbar gave you some primo joints of Canadian homegrown Jack Layton? What would you do? Well, they've, you know something? Uh, the band is no longer functioning to the best of my knowledge, so I'll have to call it a hypothetical question. Baboom, a great answer. Uh, look, I'm just trying to respond. But to if there was, questions. if there was a functioning band, which band would you like to get homegrown from? Hey, well, actually, Nick Jennings 
was one of those students you were asking me about before. He was a student in my class at Ryerson. I guess I better get a copy of his book. But, Jack Layton, please, back to the question. If there was a band functioning today that gave you some homegrown, which band would you like to get some homegrown from? You see, every question that starts with an if is a question that I'm not going to answer because it's hypothetical. But you must have a favorite band. You do love Crowbar. Uh, yes, and I've got hundreds of favorite bands. Jack Layton, Paul Hellyer was a Minister of Defence. Yes, he was. At one time. Now, what I was curious about, he loves UFOs. What's the official stance of the NDP on UFOs? We're going to have to debate it at our next convention. It really hasn't come up. Are the UFOs on board the NDP bandwagon? How are you going to win over the UFO vote? I don't know if there is a UFO vote. Jack Layton, how important is kissing? Extremely important. How come it isn't in, in any of your ads? I notice there's quite a bit of kissing in the Block Quebecois ad. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good thought. I'll have to go back to our ad team and see about kissing. Uh, certainly, Olivia and I get photographed kissing from time to time, and we don't mind. Jack Layton, do you keep your promises? Yes. I ask you this because the last time you were in Vancouver, I don't even remember this, but I asked you if you would do the hip flip with me. I have the hip flip right here, and I guess I was just wondering if you would want to just do this. Just... Uh, now, I don't have a real good recollection of that question from last time. I have to tell you, I'm, I'm we, doubtful. But... We do have it on tape, okay, and you said, well... when I come back to Vancouver, I'll do the hip flip with you. I'll tell you what, you could... oh, next time I come here, I will have practiced, if and perhaps really, we'll be able to pull it off. Really? So I was wondering if you would partake in a hip flip, because Paul Martin did the hip flip. <laughs> Stephen Harper wouldn't let me do the hip flip. Mr. Harper, Mr. Harper, would it be okay for you to do the hip flip? Can we ask you once quick, the hip flip? Please, Mr. Harper, you guys don't have to marry me. I, should, would you like me to walk? Jill's Duceppe said, no way, but will you now honor your promise by doing the hip flip with me? We have it right. Live presentation of CITR News. CITR 101.9 FM presents News 101, Vancouver's volunteer-produced student and community newscast. Now, here's your host, Rita Farkas. Good evening. Coming up on the program, we'll take you through some of the top stories this week on the federal election campaign. Carrie Baptist will take us another, through another look at the recent International AIDS Conference. And on commentary, Brad Papink covers the controversy surrounding the decision to award the former Finnish president the 2008 Nobel Peace Prize. We'll have all this, plus arts and your weekend weather forecast coming up in the next 45 minutes, right here on News 101. Up first, here is Radio Free UBC with their take on UBC-related events this week. Hey, hey, UBC, welcome back to Radio Free. Hoping the evening, the late afternoon finds you all well. We've got a few stories for you today. We have um, a little bit of a scandal at the uh, cop shop. We got a, a little bit of a take on the election, a little bit of a radical take on the election. So I'm not going to hold you up. I'm not going to hold you up too longer. We'll get you to that. Just tune in, turn on, and drop out. Stay with us a while. First up is Greg, and he's going to tell you a bit about the uh, election. I'm not going to vote, but Greg's going to tell you why you should. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, as I, as uh, Jeremy said, I am in favor of all of you voting. So 
please do go out. And while I am not going to tell you which candidate to vote for, I'm pretty sure you all know the candidates and the parties. And if you don't, well, maybe I guess you shouldn't vote. But uh, I would like to explain this issue of electoral reform to you. I know that uh, many of you have uh, been hearing about this, but not all of you might understand it. So, so basically what's on the ballot is a proposal to, um, to introduce proportional representation instead of direct representation. Now, basically all that would do would be it would take all these little electoral districts. It would make them one big electoral district, and then you'd have a bunch of different uh, people representing that one electoral district. Now, you might ask, well, what's that going to do? Well, what that does is that means that if, say, one party gets 70 percent and one party gets 30 percent, that 30 percent doesn't just go away. Someone else can act that that party that gets 30 percent can actually get some seats. They just won't get as many. So there have actually been previous elections where parties have gotten up to 20 or 30 percent of the vote but haven't gotten a single seat in parliament. And that's what this is designed to solve. So make sure you vote on the electoral reform issue and not just for your uh, not just for your candidate for parliament.